0: Good to have you back, Phil Michaels. Show on the air on this uh, on this Monday. Coming up here in about uh, 15 minutes, Mike Clemens going to be joining us. We'll talk with him uh, about this uh, this Packers game yesterday. What he took away from it. There was some good, was some bad. Um, we can get into that. Uh, I do want to. I, I don't want to ignore it because I know it's been a topic that's been trending on a lot of the the social media platforms today, specifically with Brewers fans. Uh, Grant, do you have uh, like stuff from Craig today?
1: Oh, I got lots of stuff. Do uh, we? Yeah. Do you, Do you want a couple comments from Craig?
0: Let's Let's do that. Let, let's because we're going to go back into the Packer stuff coming up here shortly. So yeah. let's do Let's do this segment, and we'll just. Uh, Craig Council today was introduced as the new manager of the Chicago Cubs. The you know shot of him donning a Cubs jersey was almost enough to make you want to throw up. But that being said, he uh, did have some things to say. So, Grant,
1: you tell me, what did he have to say today? Well, I got a couple comments here. Why don't we start with him talking about the process of making this decision? He us do that. He kind of laid it out
2: here. You know, as, as you go through this process, there's there's... You know, when you're trying to just figure out life, really, um, there's there's self reflection, and you're you're kind of trying to figure out what to do. And I think at some point, over a you know really a pretty long time span, I just thought that a, a new challenge was where I had to push myself. Um, and really, that's you know it's about growth, man. It's about just trying to like push yourself to a place that you're not you're not at right now, and that's that's scary. Like, you know, I'm sitting up here, I'm a little scared. Um, I'm sitting up here, you're a little uncomfortable. But that's how you get to a better place. Um, and that's how you push yourself as a person to a better place, I think. And that's how you create new relationships that are just more impactful. Um, and through, through this process, that has already happened. And, and, and that's another thing that just tells you, this is, this is right, man. This is the right, this is the right thing going on here. And this is something that's really special.
3: Oof.
0: I get what he's saying, hundred percent. Get what he's saying. It's you got to push yourself. You got to go to some areas that maybe make you uncomfortable to have success and to advance. And a lot of people that have done that in their lives, uh, you look back and you're like, "How did I do that?" You know. So I understand it. What else did he have to say today? And I still can't get past the picture where he's smiling, putting on the Cubs jersey. It just makes me ill. But what else did he have to say?
1: So within that last answer, he mentioned that he'd really been thinking about this for a long period of time. This has been kind of swirling around in his brain. So Adam McAlvey asked him, when did you first have thoughts of managing elsewhere? Exactly. You know, what's the timeline for for how you thought about this potential move?
2: Yeah, I mean, those look, I've probably had the, the, for your latter question, like those thoughts over the last two years um, have have kind of. Have thought, I've thought about it, um, thought about what's next, thought about a new challenge. Um, you know how, how this year evolved. You know, the, the, I think my thinking has always been like, look, you, you make, and I think Jed would tell you the same thing, like, give yourself time to make decisions. Um, and and so I chose the chose the path that I just wanted to give as myself as much time to see where life had me. Um, where's life going to, ha- I don't life you're in, you're sitting there in April or March and spring training, and you're in one place in life and, and in October, and you're in a different place in life. And, and I wanted to give myself time to be in that place, um, to kind of see what was in front of me, um, see, see what was going on with my family, um, and give myself time to make, make a decision that I thought was best for all of us. So I think it jumped out to Brewers
1: fans that he, he said, well, the last two years, You know, while the Brewers have been trying to make playoff runs last two seasons,
0: now it's it's not something that's consuming to him. But you know, it's again when he says the last two years, I get the sense that he's going back to the hater trade. Don't you?
1: Yeah, I think that was part of it, based on you know take it with a grain of salt based on what i've heard from people that i've talked to around the brewers just a general sense i don't know that the i think the josh hater trade probably frustrated him i don't think based on what i've heard again that the josh hater trade created this chasm no no, no, no. council then no. hated everyone but as part no, of it I agree. yeah
0: you know if, i think that was one of the things that said if you're thinking about it that might have been the move that pushed you over
1: yeah, it's like That's if, you're in, a, way it was put if in. you're in a relationship and you're thinking about leaving that relationship because the other person is, you know, cheating on you, for example, and then that person cheats on you, okay, well, you might be more liable to leave. And if you're thinking that the Brewers aren't going all in and doing all that they can to win and then they trade Josh Hader, those feelings are, are you know, gratified. So that, that probably right. was a factor. One more thing I want to play you and, and we're going to get to Mike Clemens. He was asked about this is from uh, Kurt Hogue. Our friend from the journal sentinel asked him about the mental hurdle of going to a rival this is what i wanted to hear like what did you think about making this move to the cubs
2: i didn't really see it like that i maybe underestimated that part of it frankly um you know i i I was looking at it maybe as as from a challenge perspective from growth perspective um i understand that that point of it um certainly respect that point of it um but, you know, that, that's I guess that's where tough decisions kind of you end up with tough decisions because of things like that. And it, it it's always a tough those life decisions like this are certainly challenging. Um, but after you go through your process internally and with your family of making decisions, you, you end up in the right side.
0: So he under basically he didn't think that backlash would be this bad that he figured hey I'm I'm was a Milwaukee Brewer I played for the Brewers I managed the Brewers I was the winningest manager in Brewers history that I'm just moving on and people aren't going to be offended by me moving to the Cubs he he just you know he he underestimated the passion and the anger that and I I'm, I'm sure he's probably got right there vividly in his mind where he still lives is Whitefish Bay when suddenly the you know Craig Council Ballpark is is vandalized the sign I don't think he realized how passionately people are when it comes to their staunch support of the Brewers and maybe more so they're just you know I don't want to say hatred but their their rivalry the anticipated or the high-end rivalry with the Cubs so but I get it uh you know again he just looks at it as it's my next challenge I I, I had to move on it was time for me to go um you know I I, I mean what else do you say
1: Saying he underestimated he's not, he's, the, the rivalry, I, I just don't think he's that dumb, Bill. Craig Council's smart. He's not stupid. And I think that's a better answer than saying, I don't care. I just don't think he cares that much. I, I don't think he cares I don't think how he does Brewers either. fans feel. And it's better to sound, oh, I didn't know. It's better to sound ignorant than sound like a jerk. You know? Correct.
0: I, I would agree with that. I will say, though, I don't think he – I think he did underestimate – when I say he underestimated, I'm not saying he didn't think the, that uh, Brewers fans would care. What I'm saying is is I don't think he thought – they're going to go out and start vandalizing the ballpark and threatening my family and being this pissed off at me. I, I just I I don't think he estimated that to that level. I think he still thought people would be pissed, but not like this. So I that that's just my take on it.
1: But. I have uh, I have one more clip. This is a quick one. And this is yeah. one after the press conference. So the, the audio sounds a little bit worse, but you can totally hear what he's saying. I, I save this from Kurt Hogue on, on Twitter he was asked, is there anything more the Brewers could have done? Could the Brewers have offered more money? Could, they, could the Brewers have done anything more than they did to keep you around? And this is what he said.
2: Yeah, I mean, look, I think... I don't know. I really don't. Uh, you know, I, I, I was having kind of feelings of like, when am I going to do something different? What's the next challenge um, for a while? Um, and, and so there's no I don't think there's a right answer to that and an easy answer to that Um, we got to this point um, you know an incredible opportunity was put in front of me um, one that kind of answered a lot of the things that had been running around in my head for a long for for a little bit Um, and and so the decision was made
0: do you get the sense that had the Brewers done more, that he'd still be a Brewer manager?
1: Not based on that answer, no. no. He's like, well, I, I don't know, honestly. I, I think he was just gone. He wanted to leave, and the Cubs offered him a pile of money, and they give him, I, I would imagine they talked about payroll, and they give him as good of a chance as any other big market team to win and to spend money. And he didn't have to move very far, I, I, and I don't think he cares about the rivalry, and that's his right, Bill. I that's his right, but we then have a right to be like, screw you, you suck.
0: The, <laughs> no, I agree. the The way I read that was because uh, he wanted because uh, I know I, I felt like I know he what he wanted to say. Yeah, they could have given me more money and a better contract. They could have a richer. But he owner, wasn't, he was he you know right, but he wasn't going to say that. He wasn't going to say that publicly. He wasn't going to say, hey, yeah, they could have made me a better offer. You know, yeah, he wasn't going to say that. It, it's that's why he went ah, ah, because if he come, then he looks like just a, a money hungry jag, where it's not about the opportunity. It's not because he can't say it now. Where yeah, they could offer me more money because then what are Cubs fans going to say? And then he can't say yeah they could have offered me more money. And then fans are going to go well, this guy's just a mercenary out to try to capitalize, which is what we would all do, but nobody wants to say it. So and and Brewers fans are going to be pissed off, going oh he just took the money and ran. Whereas maybe they're also going to turn on Mark Antanasio and he doesn't want to make Mark look like a cheapskate. He's just, it's a tough question, you know, because you don't want to sit there with your new owner, uh, the guy that just paid you millions, and say, yeah, they could have done this and this and this. I'd have been happy to stay. Because then it makes it look disingenuous to become the next Cubs manager. That's a that's a tough question. But I, I have the feeling that he probably would have looked and said, they could have gave me a better offer and probably a little bit more support. And I I believe if that's the case, he's probably sitting here today as the, you know, there's a contract extension for Craig Council, and he's going to remain as the Milwaukee Brewers manager and the winningest manager in Brewers history. I I just have a feeling that that's what would have happened, but it it just didn't work out that way. Uh, Coming up next, we're going to talk with Mike Clemens. Mike's going to be joining us and uh, the rest of the way, and we'll get Mike's take. From both inside uh, the uh, locker room and also his thoughts on what he witnessed yesterday as the Green Bay Packers got knocked off. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at TheNiceAsh.com. That's TheNiceAsh.com, 323 West Main Street, downtown Waukesha. And they had a great weekend. Uh, by the way, I know the Christmas parade is coming up, the Waukesha Christmas parade. And I was told, you know, hey, if you're looking for a good place to go watch it, it's it comes right down Main Street, right down uh, in front of the Nice Ash great place to go watch it. Uh that way you can be inside or outside for that matter depending on the weather. But uh the Nice Ash is a great place not only with entertainment on the weekends, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, but a great lineup of hookahs and cigars and walking humidors and whiskeys and finer bourbons and stuff, but also if you're going to go down for the holiday, you know, festivities and uh, I continue to support Waukesha as much as I can ever since the, I mean, even before, but ever since the tragedy, absolutely. Head downtown Waukesha. You got the Christmas parade on the cusp. So enjoy yourself and go to theniceash.com.
2: Covering Wisconsin sports like
1: a blanket, this is The
0: Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports
4: Zone Radio Network.
1: The all new Potawatomi Casino Hotel has something you got to see. Play more slots and games and you could say, show me the money to reveal up to 10 grand each Thursday. 800,000 in prizes is up for grabs. 40 winners each week. This October and November at Potawatomi, Milwaukee, when you're ready to win, just say, show me the money. More info at PaysBig.com. Must be 21 years old and a club member to play.
5: Everywhere you look, from groceries to utilities to gas, prices keep going up. Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin can dramatically help lower your energy costs year-round by replacing drafty windows and doors in as little as six weeks. And now you can save even more by taking advantage of no interest and no down payment for up to 36 months when you order by November 30th. Bring the love of Wisconsin's outdoors in through the beauty and quality craftsmanship of Pella Windows and Doors. Whether you're updating or upgrading the look and comfort of your home, Pella has extensive lines of customizable options to meet your needs and your budget. Replacing drafty windows and doors can dramatically lower your energy costs. Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin offers some of the most energy-efficient windows in the industry. 0% interest and no down payment for up to 36 months when you order by November. 30th. Set your free in-home consultation today at
1: PaloWI.com.
4: One last chance for the Packers.
1: Love throws end zone. Intercepted and it's over. Casey It's
6: done. You know, last play of the game, um, trying to take a shot to the end zone. Dialed a play that we, you know, work all the time in practice. Pretty much just trying to get a shot right there in the front, in line to Christian. And, uh,
0: you know, the DB was able to jump in front of the route and uh, make a pick.
4: No love story in Pittsburgh.
0: No love story in Pittsburgh. Bringing in Mike Clemens, our guy on the ground in Pittsburgh, Akersher Stadium, and he is brought to you by, as always, the Bay Motel in Green Bay. It is quiet, it's cozy, comfortable, just a mile from Lambeau Field. You pull right up to your room, do a little tailgating, inside and outside for that matter. Perfect for a family stay in the Bay Family Restaurant featuring homestyle cooking seven days a week. I follow them on Facebook, and they keep posting just good, like stuff my mom would make. It's just so awesome. The Bay Motel right there on South Military Avenue in Green Bay. Call them today for reservations. 920-494-3441, 920-494-3441. Or go online at baymotelgreenbay.com. That is baymotelgreenbay.com. Bring him in now. Mike Clemens now joining us uh, on the hotline. And, Mike, uh, boy, uh, there's, there's a lot of just different stuff to get to there's uh you know christian watson and a couple of passes that weren't there's obviously uh you know the the zach tom shove at the end of the ball game i mean you just you know you, you've got Josiah who boy just doesn't look good i mean there's just so many things to kind of go over in this contest
4: yeah and i'll i'll set the scene for you too it's been a while since uh, i've covered a game in pittsburgh and and I don't know what happened the last time. I can just tell you this. It's a picture-perfect day in November for football, weather-wise. And you're in downtown Pittsburgh, and there's a bunch of old buildings there. There's the Pitt campus. You know, maybe we didn't talk as much about how how crazy is it that Kenny Pickett goes across town from college to the Steelers, and to me looks like finally they've got a replacement for Ben Roethlisberger at quarterback. And then you get there and you start crossing the street to go into the former Heinz field. And man, these Steeler fans—it's like they're all from the cast of The Sopranos. You know, the the women have their hair a certain way. You know, and I mean, they're smoking and drinking and cussing, and that's just the girls. And I mean, they're they're all wearing—they're all wearing—they don't wear offensive player jerseys. They're all wearing linebacker jerseys. You know, and it, they, they're an intense bunch. They re, we talk about the Eagles fans and other fans, Packer fans as well, but. The, they're yelling at each other, but you, you know you know that you're loved if they're yelling at you. It's it, So that's just the atmosphere walking into the place just as either a fan or uh, not a lot of Packer fans are yesterday. It's hard for the Steelers fans to give up their tickets regardless where their team is. Then you get into that place, and it's loud, and they've got the towels going and, and all their tradition. And in the meantime, you're looking at these young Packers and saying, all right, is this the day where maybe they take the next step? I thought Jordan Love did. But as for Christian Watson, do you throw a 50/50 ball to this guy ever again?
0: Never. Never. I would never do it. He's caught one in his entire life. Never.
4: You know, when 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 you've seen him at his best, he's he's open over the middle, maybe a short pass and then let him take it from there as a runner. Every time you throw, try and throw this guy a contested ball, he's nowhere near it. I mean, that that first interception it, with three minutes left and the left hand side it looked just like the Raiders game again, didn't it? Mm-hmm. Yep. You know where you you know you're aiming to the left side of the end zone, and he's looking in instead of maybe out. I don't know, but you know the, the guy is right in front of him, and they, you've got guys two teaming him. You got Patrick Peterson there swatting the ball away. Anyway, I'll tell you this though, Christian. When you talk to him, very smart kid. Uh, his He's not as cocky or confident, let's say. He's he's a very smart, educated kid. But it's just like, he, you know, maybe he should be a Ford in the NBA because I don't know about Yeah, you know, Maybe you should really figure out how Devontae Adams went to a guy who could brush guys off or get guys that are sticky in coverage on him uh, because that seems to shut him down because he's got so much speed after the catch. So we talked to him yesterday on this two- Seedy attempts in the fourth quarter there, including the one at the end of the game. With three seconds left, I asked them about the coverage. They had actually seven guys on the line. And then that fourth quarter, three and a half minutes left, and Peterson swats the ball away, just like Jair did last week for Anthony Johnson, the safety. And Keenau gets the interception. Both those guys, by the way, you know, longtime veterans in the NFL. And, uh, And I asked them, did you know where Jordan Love was going with that ball?
6: Uh, no, I mean we were on the same page. I, I mean they just, they just had a they just had a good coverage. Um, you know I had to widen a little bit more to get outside of the, um, you know the the defender covering uh, Jonesy on the outside or you know, who, I don't remember if it was Jonesy or not, but whoever was the outside receiver. So I mean I just had to widen it a little bit more, uh, you know than I would like to on that play. And you know no matter what I want to stay you know stay tighter than you know kind of try to hold that red line. Um, but you know obviously my first thought is not to run into you know the corner and just take myself out of the play. Um, so, you know, I, mean, I, just, I just don't think Jordan, uh, you know, expected it. Um, and obviously, you know, neither did I. I just had to, you know, make a make a decision.
4: On, on the last play, you got eight guys on the line. Just before the snap, are you thinking matchup, you know, one of the guys that they've got out there, or are you thinking gap?
6: Uh, it's definitely a gap. Uh, you know, just find, you know, a way. I mean, I'm just running the route, you know, trying to get into the end zone. Um uh, you know, obviously, you know, leave leave everything else to to ten. Uh, you know, try to fit in somewhere, uh, but at the end of the day, I mean, so that's a tough position to be in. Um, you know, I'm sure that's not a you know high probability you know you know success rate play. Uh, so I mean, it's a tough situation to be in.
0: You know, Mike, um, I, we were talking about it earlier today about some of these teams that may not have a lot of talent, but they just punch you in the mouth. And uh, the Steelers are one of them. They do every. They're not a great team. But yet here they are. Look at their record and where they're at—six and three—and they're hell. They're higher than the Bengals in their division. And Cincinnati peed one away yesterday against the Houston Texans, and they're still battling with Lamar Jackson and company for the top spot. And they're not that good. And the Packers still had a chance to beat them, but they just continually find ways to win. And we talked about the turnovers going into this game, and they came out with two, two turnovers out of this game.
4: Yeah, and the Steelers have this amazing thing going on right now, where now for nine games. They still have a winning record, but in each of those nine games so far this season, they have actually put up fewer yardage than their opponent. They went on the scoreboard. Yeah, but I mean, week that goes back to 1993. Since the last time, somebody put that off. But I listen. I went over to the Pittsburgh side because there was things to learn from. And I'll I'll give you this. Matt Lafleur prepped us. We pretty much knew what what to look for against the Falcons, against the Raiders. I mean, each of these weeks where they're losing these games, it's like, uh, you know, we pretty much had a good idea from just what he was telling us. Not that he's giving away secrets, but he's pointing out the obvious when you sit there and watch the film of these teams. And somehow the Steelers were able to win again with their with their formula of keep in the game, control the ball. Uh, try and improve what you're doing on third down, and then let your defense take over and win the game at the end. And so here's how Tomlin handled the, me- the media after yet another close win.
3: All right. That was easy. <laughs>
4: um, you know,
3: just another tight ball game, man. I'm really just appreciative of the mindset of our group, man. They just they, they want to make the significant plays and the significant moments, and it's a good thing because uh, these games are always tight. Uh, let's talk about why it was tight. Um, we lost some significant possession downs early in the game. Uh, a couple third downs, they not only converted them, but they turned them into scores. Um, those two touchdowns in the first half, we got to be able to win those downs and fight for those, those four points, uh, make people settle for field goals. We weren't able to do it, and so the game got tight. Uh, we, we had to settle for a few field goals some. Uh, they played on the back of those two. Uh, touchdown opportunities, and so it was game on from there. I thought we were able to run the ball effectively, and and that's a good posture to play from. Uh, We made the necessary splash plays on defense in the waning moments, man, when they got somewhat
4: one-dimensional.
0: When they got one-dimensional. Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah. See, because, you know, at that point, you knew you, they were, you know, Green Bay is playing catch-up, so they know that the young quarterback is going to have to have the ball in his hands, and they've got game tape against the Falcons where he couldn't complete anything, where he took a shot against the Raiders and he got picked off. I mean, and I now I find this interesting. In a way, it's a backhanded compliment to what Matt Lafleur is dealing with when he says, you know, why he's got all that motion going on and and changing the personnel is because he's trying to save people being able to key in on the young quarterback Jordan Love.
3: They do a really good job, man, of kind of keeping you off balance schematically and you know, minimizing that young quarterback's exposure to a, to a defense, but later in the game, man, when it gets a little bit thick, I thought we would have our opportunities and we did and we made them. I'm so excited about that.
0: There you go. He basically said, "Look, they're they're doing everything they can schematically to try to throw us off and keep us away from the young quarterback." Hmm. I mean, that, can, that's, a, that's a statement.
4: If you log this stuff, eventually you'll get, to, you'll get the motions down. You know, if this guy goes this and this guy goes that way, then they're probably going to run it to this side. You know, you can, after a while, you can get that up on the board and get these guys to memorize it. And when the play is happening, say, oh, we know where it's going. We know where it's going. Now, here's another thing he's got interest in. Mean, you know, Tomlin's known for all his crazy sayings. Like he says, hey, you know, we've got to fix third down. You know, it's, it's like if you got a red barn and you got some red paint, well, it's time to paint the barn red.
0: <laughs> right,
4: exactly. <laughs> okay. okay, all right, Coach. But it's interesting how he focuses on this stuff and gets into it. And he talks about what he calls the possession down football. And it's just a way of saying you've got to get off the field on third and fourth down, and they've struggled with that. But it's a mind frame. It's a focus, and he talked about that.
6: Coach, your your thoughts on the defense basically not giving up a TD the rest of the game in the second half. I'm more
3: concerned about those two we gave up on possession downs in the first half, to be quite honest with you. We need those eight points. We get people in possession down football. We need those. We need those. Not only did they convert third downs, but they got the ball in the end zone on those two possessions. And so uh, we, we take that personally it's amazing that the focus is about what we did wrong
0: and not the positive. I mean, he just, it's like, this is what we're supposed to do. And the stuff we weren't supposed to do, we got to fix.
4: Well, the players love them. You know, good coaches, they keep it to two or three things on that five by eight card. This is what you need to focus on in this game. This is what you need to look for. Those keys to the game. We don't expect, you to know, everything. Just do your job, right? Just like, hey, hey, Mike, does.
0: one thing I want to get into, and I, 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 I know we're gets, we're up against the clock here a little bit, but. You know, one thing we have not talked about is that blocked PAT, and the the special teams, which were supposed to be upgraded, have still had issues. And, again, a blocked PAT that everybody kind of went, eh, don't worry about it, turned out to really be the haunting factor in this thing because they had, if they had that, that PAT, chances are they kick a field goal, tie the game up, and then they're into overtime, and then who knows what can happen.
4: Yeah, that's a perfect point. Final score is 23-19. If it was 23-20 and you take the ball down, thanks to Jalen Reed, uh, you know, with Anders Carlson, that, that's a gimme for him to send that game into overtime. Here's the detail that Mike Tomlin goes into. Back when Patrick Peterson was a rookie for the Cardinals, I think he was a first-round pick back in 2011, Mike Tomlin had to play the Cardinals, and he was sizing them up, and he noticed that on PAT and field goals, this young corner had a deal where he lined up outside, and he was going by the by the cadence not waiting for the ball to be snapped. He was, going, he was watching this kid go with the cadence. So when they had to play him, Talon had his field goal kickers go double cadence, whether it came from the holder or the center. Do the double cadence, and sure enough, he drew them off sides. Years later, when Patrick Peterson is a free agent, he picks them up and puts them in the Steelers, and look at him come up with that winning play yesterday, plus blocking the field goal, and Talon talked about that.
1: Patrick Peterson about as good as there is coming off that edge and, and timing that extra
3: point. Man, Pat was a rookie, and he had a reputation for doing that. And, you know, we we uh, double-cadenced him, and I think we got him to jump off sides. And so this is not a new skill that he has. Um, we've known about it for some time. We were playing them out in Arizona. I think we got him to jump off sides as a rookie, and he and I had a little exchange, a laugh about it in game. Um, He's been a dynamic player in that area.
2: Danny hey, Smith, okay, and, and your thoughts on what happened on that last play of the game?
3: I don't know what you're referring to regarding Danny. Danny got hit
2: on the tackle out of bounds.
3: I fast. assume he's fine. I hadn't, I, I hadn't heard wind of anything of any significance such as that. So no. Any thoughts on just the, the hit out of bounds and guys? I didn't together? see it. I didn't see it. You guys love to chase emergency vehicles. All that transpired. You asking about that? Anyone else? All right. Thank you. You love to chase emergency vehicles.
0: Wow. Okay.
4: This he ain't what I dealing with that. This is what I do for the show, for the Bill Michael yeah. Show. I chase emergency vehicles.
0: He ain't dealing with that. Don't give me that. Get that out of my house. I like that. Uh, hey, our friends, we're going to take a quick break. We're talking with Mike Clements, our friends at Curly's Waterfront Sports Bar and Grill on Pewaukee Lake. Uh, happy Monday. They got wings today, and they got all kinds of special pizzas today. Uh, They have a raffle going on all throughout this month for some tequila, some high-end tequila. And it's not expensive by any stretch of the imagination. And they're always doing something great uh, charitable-wise. Obviously, on Tuesdays, it's free darts and taco Tuesdays. And like I had mentioned, they do a lot of different charitable stuff as well. So don't forget about our friends at Curly's Waterfront Sports Bar and Grill, whether it's going over there and trying to win yourself some awesome tequila, or if you want to do something great, uh, I know they've got a couple of different charity uh, things going on over there too for uh, some people, uh, unfortunately, in the community that are dealing with some rough stuff. They're always doing something great. Check out our buddy Ryan and the gang, Curly's Waterfront Sports Bar and Grill on Pewaukee Lake, Lakeview Boulevard. More with Mike Clements coming up now. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
1: play for Warren. Jalen Warren rips through for the touchdown.
2: Yeah a lot of missed tackles. We knew where they were going to run try to run the football and they did it better than we did. They went out there and executed better than we did. We had a lot of calls designed to stop the run and they were still gashing us. So it, it certainly wasn't good enough anytime. I want to say what was it five Five and a half yards a carrier roughly um you know you can't give up almost 200 yards rushing in this league and expect to win football games
0: welcome back to the program we are talking with our guy mike clemens brought to you by our good friends at uh, over there at the bay motel in green bay go to baymotelgreenbay.com for uh, all that is the bay motel and even their uh, even the food at the bay family restaurant so mike Uh, This is the third time I think we've seen uh, a team rush for more than 200 yards against this Packers defense. And uh, again, it's not all the Packers defense fault. They gave up 17 points and three drives early on. And then after that, they really kind of kind of kind of buckled down. But 200 plus yards rushing, you're not going to win a lot of games that way.
4: There's a stat that uh, they have out there about uh, yards before contact, you know, like just how big was the hole, how free is the running back Mm -hmm. able to go before somebody puts a hand on him? And Rob Dobowski posted a story this morning on ESPN that uh, the Packers gave up three and a half yards per rush before anybody touched their running backs from Pittsburgh. Before that, Pittsburgh was averaging only about two yards, which is like a huge (laughs) – Huge difference. They were 28th in the league on that stat before they played the Packers. I mean, I'm just stunned. You knew about Najee Harris, and you and I talked about this uh, Warren kid, number 30, Jalen Warren, undrafted out of uh, Oklahoma last year. Undrafted, this guy. Maybe, Maybe Emmanuel Wilson could be that good. He got a lot of carries this year, some. And then he had a big game against Tennessee, and I watched that game, and I said, whoa, look out for number 30. Well, I asked for Sean Gary at his locker after the game. Here, you knew this guy was coming. He gets 101 yards, 15 carries, one TD, average 6.7 yards per carry.
7: Um, one thing I can say about 30 is he was in that hole. He was in that hole. Um, he runs behind his pads, and uh, he's a tough guy to uh, tackle. So, you know, as you see, we got to make sure we have a tackle plan. Uh, when we did tackle him, it was was uh, more, than, more than one on him. And then when we did, it was uh, when we did have one on him, it was in the backfield get, uh get him on the ground now. But uh, I think majority of the tackles, we had to gain tackle him, and uh, he was a good running back.
0: So, Mike, we were kind of going over some of the talent on this team, and one of the guys that most believe is an upper echelon talent is Rashawn Gary. But, you know, even, even the pressure they've been putting or not putting on quarterbacks has been somewhat noticeable here as of late.
4: You know, I know that he's hired to be an edge to contain and to be a pass rusher. But I asked him, is there any way if they're getting gashed like that that you can be in the backfield to disrupt potentially a running play?
7: Yeah, just gotta find a way to uh, be an impact. That's from um, you know, my film study, me talking to my coaches, uh, and my defensive coordinator, um, and just talking to my line buddies, man. Just working together, man. Work together, make the team, uh, make the team and the dream work. So that's all I gotta do. But go down, I mean, go back, be uh, critical of my film, understanding um what they want to do with me, and off of that, find a way to be an impact. That's it. I like
4: the plan. And the first half was a, uh, emphasis was to stop their run, and you continue with that coming out at halftime. Mm-hmm. And you had a stretch there mm-hmm. where you got off the field seven times in a row on, on third down.
7: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Like, when I tell you the first two series when they went down on us, we made the corrections. And like I said, I love the group of guys we have in this locker room, especially on our defense, because a, everybody know the standard. We know where you're supposed to be. We're not going to yell at you. Yeah. But next play, you're going to make sure you're in that gap, right? You make sure you're in that tackle, right? And that's just uh, just respect for the next man and where we're trying
0: to get as an organization.
7: And that's all we did.
0: You know, Mike, uh, the other guy up front that you really kind of rely upon, that's Kenny Clark. Uh, when you're starting to talk about Kenny and, and Kenny and Devontae Wyatt and company and those guys being, you know, the run stuffers you want them to be, you
4: need those guys, man. You need those guys to step up. Kenny's been so good for you now seven, eight years. Three years ago, we were saying, what are you going to do after Aaron Rodgers? And what do we say? You beef up your defense, you get better on special teams, and you get a running game to support the new young quarterback. Well, guess what the Steelers are doing? I mean, you just saw it firsthand yesterday, and you asked Kenny Clark, how could you get beat so early in a game where they're starting off with a run attack to protect their young quarterback?
8: Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, all, it's all communication, you know, at the end of the day. Um, you know, communication, knowing where you fit uh and you know at the end it's just winning in blocks and beating blocks um so uh you know we got to look at the film and you know see see what was going on but um definitely got to be better in the run game
4: kenny was first half defense uh, the emphasis to stop the run did you stick with that coming out halftime
8: yeah uh you know yeah that, that was the plan we knew they wanted to, to run the ball um uh, and you know at the end of the day we didn't didn't do enough um you know, we got got any kind of a flow like towards sort of second and third quarter, um, but at the end of the day, we gave up too many yards. Quarterback scrambles, um, you know, let Najee run around, dirty um,
4: run around. So, um, yeah, we got, you had that you had that stretch in the second half. I think you got off the field seven times in a row. Yeah. You you had the rhythm.
8: Yeah, we started getting a rhythm. We definitely start getting it into a rhythm. Um, but you know, when it counted, you know, we gave up gave up, gave up some some critical you know run plays. And, uh, yeah, at the end of the day, we got to be better.
0: You know, Mike, uh, the, the opposite side, uh, Elton Jenkins, who I, I think Elton Jenkins has actually been playing some pretty good football. Once he kind of got the rust off the beginning of the season, I think he's come on pretty well.
4: Yeah, and, again, the challenges on your offensive line in general have been, okay, David Bakhtiari, done for the year, maybe done in Green Bay. Uh, so Rasheed Walker actually comes through and wins the job, but then after four or five games, People figure him out. He gets a little overwhelmed. He drops off. They put in Yash Nyman in there. Josh Myers, challenged by the coaches publicly at center during training camp, and he has these ups and downs. John Runyon has had some injuries. He had a, he played with a neck injury. Uh, and then, you know, at least Zach Tom in his second year seems to be holding down the fort. Let's move at on and right talk about tackle. Christian Watson. And, and then um, the next thing is to talk about helping on tight end, and Josiah DeGuarra, is, you know, regressing when it comes to being a blocking tight end and helping on plays. So we did, this was actually before the game, and I finally got, you know, Elton Jenkins, your left guard, coming back from an ACL, then having an MCL sprain during the season, saying, have you you really been 100% at the start of this season?
9: Oh me, honestly, like I don't like to tell myself I'm injured or I'm hurt. So and then especially like where we at, I just want to be out there with my team. So when I did come back, it probably was a time where I shouldn't have. To be honest, but like right now, I'm feeling good. um, Knees feeling good. um, Feel like I'm healthy and things like that. So I, I don't give myself grace at all because yeah. when you go out there, you got to get the job done. It, it be hard. Like it, it's 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 a very challenging thing to be able to go out there and you know play injured, but like. I just be trying to do like what's going to help the team, you know, and what's going to get us that W on Sunday. It definitely be hard be challenging on the mind and things like that. And then when you come around and when you feel healthy, you be like, okay, now I'm back. You feel me? So um, last game, I kind of like warm up. I was like, man, I feel good. You feel me? Like, and it was like the first time I really can say like I felt good going into a game. And I was like, all right, yeah, it's time to do it. And we just got to keep being consistent with, you know, um, rehab and all that.
0: You know, uh, the other guy that I've been kind of high on, Mike, and I've sung a lot of his praises, and I think he's got a lot of potential, that's Luke Musgrave.
4: I think he's growing. I think he's growing. And you see him with a couple of big catches yesterday, again. uh, One one for 36 yards or so. And they're finding ways to get him in a favored spot. But there was one play where, again, they're going to try and use him over the middle uh, when they were in the red zone. And it could have been a touchdown to me. Looking back over it, I saw him come off the left, go over the middle, and then he turned right because the coverage was on his right shoulder. And I thought, now that's a mistake because Love threw the ball way to the left. So he's looking, he's turning right, and he sees the ball zinging about four yards behind his neck. And I said, now, you know, did you make the wrong turn or should you have adjusted because of where the coverage was or was that just a bad pass?
1: I think he was right. Um, I think I probably bent it a little bit more because I didn't want to run out of the end zone. But, um, again, those are kind of sometimes tricky. Uh, that back, I think it was like a Tampa 2, that backer kind of dropped. So I was trying to cross his face. Uh, I think we're just on different pages. Um, so I'll, I'll look at that film. I'm sure I probably should have kept it more skinny for him.
0: Let's do this. Mike Clemens with us. Uh, we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. We're going to come back and wrap things up. Next, more of the Bill Michael Show. Right. After- this is the Bill Michael Show. On the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
5: Everywhere you look, from groceries to utilities to gas, prices keep going up. Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin can dramatically help lower your energy costs year round by replacing drafty windows and doors in as little as six weeks. And now you can save even more by taking advantage of no interest and no down payment for up to 36 months when you order by November 30th. Bring the love of Wisconsin's outdoors in through the beauty and quality craftsmanship of Pella Windows & Doors. Whether you're updating or upgrading the look and comfort of your home, Pella has extensive lines of customizable options to meet your needs and your budget. Replacing drafty windows and doors can dramatically lower your energy costs. Pella Windows & Doors of Wisconsin offers some of the most energy efficient windows in the industry. 0% 0% interest, and no down payment for up to 36 months when you order by November 30th. Set your free in-home consultation today at PellowI.com.
1: Certain restrictions apply See showroom for details on 30 2023
2: Obviously, offensively, the turnovers in the red zone was was a problem today. Defensively, stopping the run, we had way too many missed tackles. And then on special teams, anytime you get a PAT blocked, I mean, it just changes some of the decision-making at the end of a game where you're going for touchdowns instead of uh, having the option of kicking a field goal to tie
0: the game up. Welcome back. Good to have you. The Bill Michaels Show. Continuing on, that's the voice of Matt LaFleur. And not a uh, not an outcome that anybody wanted to see in kind of uh, a very soft-spoken way to go into that good night yesterday with an interception to yet again end the game. Mike Clements joining us on the hotline. So, Mike, you know, I, I mean, a lot to talk about. Don't get me wrong. They've got, you know, some optimism. Like I said, you've got some young guys that are showing a few things. They're not statistically great, but at least you can kind of see some things. Like Jaden Reed's played pretty well. and. Like I said, I like the uh, what I believe to be the upside of Luke Musgrave. Not that he's lighting it on fire. I just don't know if it's the guy throwing the football or if it's Luke Musgrave at this point.
4: Yeah, and when you talk about Jordan, by the way, I just thought Jordan Love took a huge step yesterday. I just in his decision making, in his timing and rhythm. You know, not a giant step, but another baby step. But just being on the road in a tough environment and running that offense and finding guys and hitting guys over the middle. Um, And getting the ball out of his hands just a little bit quicker, like like Lafleur said last week we had on the show where he said you know stop thinking about it and just let it rip, right? Make that decision, you know you don't wait until the guy's completely open. You say you you project. Oh wait a minute, he's got one step on this guy. Throw the ball, throw it to him. Let him take care of it after that. But you know this problem that they've got with Christian Watson, who they thought was going to be their go-to guy, I think Jordan Love has nine picks so far half of them five of them were intended for christian watson so yesterday yeah. in this game you know we've been talking about how great uh Jayden reed looked in training camp and second round pick out of michigan state and there's when i got into that locker room Last night at the game, I saw all these young receivers sitting around in a circle, looking each other in the eyes, and having deep conversations about plays, breaking things down. I overheard one guy saying, "You know, I see. I, I could. I think you get called on penalty for that." So it's like things that they need to work out, and but they're working as hard as can be. And I I don't remember seeing that after a game in right. a long time. But they're working together as a committee. And I went to read. Who ended up, you know, being the star of the team, really, with that 46-yarder to set him up, you know, to take that shot with three seconds left in the game. He was five for five in his catches yesterday, and I said, you know, maybe shouldn't you be the go-to guy when they got seven defenders lined up on the defensive line on the goal line, and the game is on the line? Maybe it should go to 11 instead of nine.
8: Um,
7: <clears throat> I just control what I can control at the end of the day, you know. Execute. That's all it's about. I can go in there and just execute the game plan and, you know, do my part of one eleven, and um, that just puts me in a position to make plays. So, um,
4: <clears throat> as close as you came today with three seconds left on the clock, yeah, you have to have felt though, that we've made progress
7: today. Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. I think we we did a really good job on offense, moving the ball down the field, and you know, making big plays all across the field. Uh, uh definitely, I think we, you know, made a step, but obviously not enough. We got to get back to work and, you know, figure out what we can do to come out on top next time. Yep.
0: Mike, uh, now they got to get ready for three straight games against three really tough teams. I mean, the weakest of the bunch is next up, and that's the Chargers. Coming in a Lambeau Field, and then after that, a quick turnaround for a team that throttled you earlier this season, and then the Kansas City Chiefs. It's like, wow, you, you're really, you're really staring down the barrel at this point.
4: Chargers with all that talent, good quarterback, but they keep on losing in the last seconds, week after week. Uh, I think the Packers did okay for injuries. Quan Alexander, the Steelers' inside linebacker, he hopped off the field, torn Achilles, done for the season. So Green Bay Ugh. lucked out that way. Yeah. Mike, great stuff
0: as always, Bud. We'll talk to you when you get back uh, later this week, okay?
4: Thank you, Bill. Appreciate it, man.
0: Appreciate it, buddy. There you go. That's our guy, Mike Clemens, on the ground in uh, in Pittsburgh. We'll be back at it again tomorrow. We'll pick up where we left off on a lot of this stuff, and uh, maybe even address some of the stuff that's coming across uh, right now on the over on the live stream as well. I'm kind of writing it down as it passes by, so. Let's do this. We'll get out of here today. We'll be back at it again tomorrow. Until then, time for us to go. Have a going.